0: Today we want to welcome each of you to our church today, the Community Adventist Fellowship that meets at 333 East Colorado, Glendale, California. When you're down here in Southern California, come visit us. You'd be our very special guest. And we want to welcome our audience across North America and also our audience in the ex-Soviet Union. Today we are offering $100,000. This is a genuine offer. I want to read it to you, I've written it down here, $100,000, $100,000 reward. The Carter Report will pay $100,000 to anyone who can show from the Bible alone that Sunday or the first day of the week is called the Lord's Day in the Holy Scriptures. This reward will be paid to anyone who can produce a text of Scripture where, where Sunday or the first day of the week is specifically and explicitly called the lord's day those who wish to quote tradition need not apply let me just just fill it out a little bit so that nobody here will misunderstand what i'm saying the carter report will pay to you those watching on television any person we will pay you one hundred thousand dollars in cash if you can show from the bible and the bible alone now we're not talking about tradition so don't come and quote to me the church fathers if you can show from the Bible, in the Bible alone, that the first day of the week, Sunday, is called the Lord's Day in the Holy Scriptures. Now many people believe it is. Many people believe it is. And we're saying it isn't. And if you can show that we're wrong in this, we'll pay you $100,000. Let me say it again. I'll read it to you because I don't want any person coming to me and uh, misquoting what I'm saying. $100,000 reward. The Carter report will pay $100,000 to anyone who can show from the Bible alone that Sunday or the first day of the week is called the Lord's Day in the Holy Scriptures. This reward will be paid to anyone who can produce a text of Scripture where Sunday or the first day of the week is specifically and explicitly called the Lord's Day. Those who wish to quote tradition need not apply. It is believed today by millions hundreds of millions of our precious Roman Catholic friends and hundreds of millions of our precious Protestant friends that Sunday or the first day of the week is the Lord's Day. The Pope has put out this paper in which he challenges the world to keep Sunday because he says Sunday is the Lord's Day. And we've made this available today to the members of this congregation. And we're going to make my answer also available. I want to read it to you the just read you the little bit at the top here the apostolic letter deus Domini of the Holy Father John Paul II to the bishops clergy and faithful of the Catholic Church on keeping the Lord's holy day the Lord's Day as Sunday was called from apostolic times we say to the man who calls himself the Holy Father We say to him there is not one bit of evidence in the scriptures that the apostles call the first day of the week the Lord's day. It is a tradition of your church. It is not a teaching of the Bible. Now today in our church because we have such a wonderful crowd of people here who are interested in this vital subject we were giving out these these papers from the Pope but we've run out of copies but if you stay behind If you didn't get a copy today, we'll be happy to send you a copy. The apostolic letter, Dear Domini of the Holy Father, John Paul II, to the bishops, clergy, and faithful of the Catholic Church on keeping the Lord's Day holy. And when he says the Lord's Day, he is not talking about the Lord's Day that is in the Bible, which is called the Seventh-day Sabbath. Now today we want to say to the people who are watching on television that we love the Pope. We believe that he is a strong moral leader. We believe that he is a man of conviction. But today we challenge the Pope on the authority, not of the teachings of the church. not That's not our authority. But we challenge the Pope on the authority of Holy Scripture. And we say today that the Pope... God bless him and God enlighten him, is wrong in this subject. Because the Bible teaches that the seventh day Sabbath is God's holy day, not the first day of the week. I have produced, my friend, I have produced a two-page article. Now the Pope has written almost 40 pages in his attempt to prove that the first day of the week is the Lord's Day or is the Christian Sabbath. I want to say this, and I say it humbly to all of my dear friends who are here today. And you see, we're not talking personalities, we're talking truth. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And in this great land of America, we have the opportunity of preaching the truth. And therefore today, I say to all of my friends who are watching, we do not need 40 pages to reply to the Pope's letter. I have replied to it in two pages, and, two, and and I've also put the reward there for a third of the page. We do not need 40 pages because, my friend, the Word of God is very clear on this. It reminds me, it reminds me when the communists took over Russia, they sent these men around Russia to tell the people that there was no God, and there was no resurrection, and there was no Jesus Christ. And after one communist official had harangued a great crowd of Russian peasants for about 60 minutes, proving, in quotes, proving that there is no God, he turned to the little Russian pastor sitting down the front and he said, Sir, You can reply to me. I give you five minutes to reply to me. The little Russian pastor said, I don't need five minutes. Give me five seconds. He got up and he gave the traditional Russian Easter greeting. The Lord is risen. And the Russian people shouted back, he is risen indeed. And so I say to the Pope whom I respect... And admire as a man of conviction. I do not need 40 pages. Give me just a few texts of the Bible and we will prove that on this issue the Pope is wrong and we're going to prove today that the first day of the week is not the Lord's Day but we're going to prove to you that God has given us a Lord's Day and that is the Lord's Day of the Commandments. Would you please take my article which is written on this parchment colored paper I've written here, it is not difficult to answer the Pope. Now, if you didn't get a copy of this, it is a single page, my friend. You can read through the Pope's article at your your leisure. It is this single page, you see it here. Here it is. If you didn't get a copy, we will give you copies. Uh, Javier, my head deacon, is, is passing out copies. If you need a copy, raise your hand, do it quickly, please okay bring them down here you could have I think you would have got them as you came in but please parse them out we don't want to hold things up here on the television I think you'll just need to get these folks after the service because they're going to take a a while to get to every person I've got here it is not difficult to answer the Pope he has written 38 pages in an attempt to sanctify Sunday we believe that a page or two Our biblical truths will silence him and here is the first point here here it is sunday is never called the lord's day in the holy scriptures let me say it again sunday or the first day of the week is never called the lord's day in the holy scriptures the first day is explicitly mentioned eight times in the new testament it is the day our lord rose from the dead It is also the day when Paul walked 20 miles to Troas. It's also the day when the Corinthians did their bookkeeping. The Bible tells us on the first day of the week they did their bookkeeping. And the texts are these... Matthew 28 verse 1, Mark 16 verses 2 and 9, Luke 24 verse 1, John 20 verse 1 and verse 19, Acts 20 and verse 7 and 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2. And if you read through those verses there is not one little bit of evidence that says that Sunday or the first day of the week is the Lord's Day. It is erroneously assumed that revelation 1:10 refers to sunday but this is pure myth the lord's day is the seventh day sabbath and i will prove that to you from the word of god sunday keepers think that acts 27 refers to a sunday meeting but the nighttime of the first day of the week is what is now called saturday night see the new english bible And a religious meeting hardly makes a day holy. Sunday keeping, listen to me. And I say this because I love you. I love my Sunday keeping friends. Bless your heart. I'm preaching in a Sunday keeping church. (laughs) I love my Sunday keeping friends. I believe they're my brothers and my sisters in Christ. But I want to tell you this. Listen to this. Sunday keeping in the Bible is like the missing link in Darwinism. The only real thing about it is that it is still missing. The text for Sunday keeping is the missing link. The only real thing about it, my friend, it's still missing. Now let me take you to the text that is in the New Testament that is the bulwark of Sunday keeping. And the Pope quotes it. Erroneously. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. Turn to the text please. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 and please follow me today in the holy word of God. Acts chapter 20 and uh, verse 7. This text my friend is the bulwark of Sunday keeping. Because here we have a religious meeting on the first day of the week. And my beloved Sunday keeping friends including the Pope say this proves Sunday keeping. Look at it please in the Bible. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7 and bring your Bibles to church. We encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We are not saved by church philosophies. We're not saved by church tradition. This is the truth, the word of God. So turn in your Bibles and I'm glad to see these young men sitting down the front here in church today and they have their Bibles open. I'm glad to see my brother from Tonga and he's sitting there and he has his Bible open. We are a Bible-believing church. Acts 20 and verse 7, look at this. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people And because he intended to leave the next day kept on talking until midnight my friend never criticized me because my sermons are too long paul preached right through the night and as he was preaching there was a young guy by the name of eutychus and he was sitting in the window and as paul was preaching he went to sleep and he fell out of the window and they took him up dead beware that you go to sleep (laughs) so in acts chapter 20 larry Here is a religious meeting on the first day of the week and the Sunday keeper says hallelujah, praise the Lord, we're delivered, we're saved. This is the text that proves Sunday keeping. Listen, a religious meeting doesn't make a day holy. Bless your heart, don't give me that stuff. We have a meeting here on Tuesday night, does that make every Tuesday night holy? A religious meeting doesn't make a day holy. I will tell you what makes a day holy, a command of a holy God. Now somebody comes to me after this meeting and says, Pastor Carter, but Monday is my Sabbath. Yes, it is. It's yours, but it's not God's. Another person comes and says, well, Friday is my holy day. Yes, it is. It's your holy day, but it's not God's. Sinners can only make things sinful. Only a holy God can make a holy day. And what God has blessed, that, my friend, is holy. Now here we have a religious meeting on the first day of the week, and so the Pope says, hallelujah, I've got it. Yes, he has. He's got it wrong. Listen to the text. Uh, there, Verse 8, there were many li- lamps in the uppers- uh, upstairs room where we were sitting, meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from a third story and was picked up dead. Serves him right. But the Bible says that Paul went down, found him apparently dead and took him back alive. Listen, you need to know this. Listen very carefully. Just, you don't check your brains at the door in this church. That's why we say bring your Bible to church. If you want to come to this church and just be told a few funny little stories then you come to the wrong church. We are a church that is intent in finding the truth of the Bible. Can you hear what I'm saying here today? Can you hear what I'm saying here today? So don't come here and check your brains in at the door because when you go out somebody may have taken them home. Now here's a religious meeting on what day of the week? Tell me what does it say? It doesn't say Sunday. It says what day? The first day. Is it daytime or nighttime? It is nighttime. Here is a religious meeting at the nighttime of the first day of the week. And in the Bible, according to Leviticus 23 and 32 and Mark chapter 1 and verse 16, a day starts at sunset. Sunset. Okay, a day starts at sunset. God's day comes in when people can see it. The devil's day comes in at the blackest hour of the night, you see. But in God's book, a day starts at sunset. And this meeting is on the first day of the week. The seventh day Sabbath commences at sunset Friday and finishes Ask the Jews and finishes Sunset Saturday and then the first day of the week starts with the Sun going down and the first day of the week at night time is what we call Saturday night. We're sorry Pope. Saturday night They say, no, this is Sunday night. No, you're wrong. And every scholar who knows his Bible, whether he is a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Roman Catholic says, you're right. And that is why if you go and get the New English Bible, the New English Bible, which is written in modern speech, it says, on Saturday night. So if this text proves anything, it proves the holiness of Saturday night. Bunkum. A religious meeting doesn't make your day holy. And they've even got the day wrong. And the next day, the Bible says, Paul walks to Troas, which is 20 miles away. 20 miles away. That's how he sanctified Sunday by going for a, a hike for 20 miles. That, my friend, is the bulwark of Sunday-keeping. Now, now, my Protestant friend shouldn't get mad with me because of this talk because I'm going on the Protestant principle, the Bible and the Bible alone. If I'm guilty, I'm guilty because I follow the teachings of the Bible and I believe in the Bible and the Bible alone, the truth of the Protestant Reformation. And they shouldn't get mad with me because Christians are supposed to love each other. And Christians ought to love each other and accept each other in Christ recognizing that every person has a solemn duty to discover the truth. We are not interested in this church in a bunch of hogwash and a bunch of lies. We're interested in the truths. And uh, if you can find one text in the New Testament that plainly says that Sunday is the Lord's day, we will give you $100,000, I challenge you. But you're not going to find it because I know it's not there. Now people assume that Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7 talks about Sunday. They assume it. Look at Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 and uh, verse 10. Dear hearts and uh, gentle people. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. This is where the Lord's Day is mentioned. You ready? On the Lord's Day I was in the Spirit. And the Pope says, and you can read this in his excellent paper his paper contains some wonderful truths his paper is ingenious his paper is beautifully written it is a masterpiece it only happens to be wrong and the Pope says that from apostolic times Sunday was called the Lord's Day that is not true in right here in the days of the apostles, there is a day that is called the Lord's Day. And I turn to my friends who keep Sunday and I love them, and I say, Which is the Lord's Day? What is the Lord's Day here? What is this text? They say, This text proves that Sunday is the Lord's Day. Come on, where does this text say? Show it to me, and you can have a hundred thousand dollars. Where does this text in the name of truth say that the first day, this day, is the Lord's day? Look at the text. The first day is not mentioned here. What is mentioned? The Lord's day. But does this text tell you what day is the Lord's day? No. Then how do I know which is the Lord's day? I discover which day is the Lord's day Not by going to the councils of the church, but by going to the councils of God. Listen to my reasoning. The Lord's Day is a special day. I meet some people who say to me, John Carter, any day will do. Have you heard this? Any day will do. People who talk like that generally don't keep any day. It reminds me of the farmer with the seven daughters. Have you heard the story of the farmer with the seven daughters? And a boy came courting. You know what that means? Courting is is until you're caught. He came courting. So the boy came courting one of the daughters the seven daughters of the farmer and uh, they got engaged and they were going to be married and somebody said you're going to marry one of the mcdougall girls they had been discussing the issue of the sabbath and the man who asked the question said it doesn't matter what day you keep as long as you're sincere one day is as good as another And then he said, let's forget it, I'll never convince you. He said, you're going to marry one of the seven daughters? You're going to marry one of the McDougal girls? Which one? Oh, said the boy who was doing the courting. He said, does it really matter, sir? He said, anyone will do. He said, I'll just go and pick anyone. My friend, uh, anyone will not do. This text says that God has a day. People say, well, the Sabbath is abolished. Everything is abolished. And therefore, it doesn't matter. There is no holy day. Every day is the same. That's not the truth. There is the Lord's Supper. That is the special supper dedicated to the Lord. The Lord's day is not any ordinary day. It is the day dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And we must discover what is that day. Listen to my reasoning from scripture. The Bible tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ made the world. That's point number one. Put it in your mind. Number one, the Lord jesus made the world how do i know the bible tells me so come to john chapter one please jesus made the world isn't he a big person isn't he a big person isn't he a big god isn't he a big savior isn't he a marvelous person John chapter 1 verse 1 and onwards. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made without him. Nothing was made that has been made. Verse 10. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Verse 14. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Who is this? Who is this? Who is the Word? Who is the one full of grace and truth? Tell me. Jesus. And the Bible says that the Lord Jesus made the world. And if Jesus made the world, then Jesus made the Sabbath. Come to Genesis 2, 1 to 3, please. Genesis chapter 2, please turn in the Word of God. Genesis chapter 2 and verses 1 down to 3, please. Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 down to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day God had finished, that's God the Son, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he, Jesus, rested from all his work and God, that's Jesus, blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating the that he had done. Answer me this Are you listening to me? Listen, who made the Sabbath? Jesus made the Sabbath. And if Jesus made the Sabbath, the Sabbath is his holy day. In fact, the Bible says that the Sabbath is the Lord's day. I want you to come to isaiah chapter 58 please isaiah chapter 58 please isaiah chapter 58 and uh, verse 13 to the word of god please isaiah chapter 58 verse 13 the bible says god says if you keep your feet from breaking the sabbath and from doing as you please say it with me on come on my holy day if you call the sabbath a delight and the lord's holy day honorable and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words then you're going to be blessed the bible says here the bible says as plain as day that god has a day and god actually calls the seventh day sabbath My holy day. The Bible actually calls the seventh day Sabbath the Lord's day. And so, when the Bible in Revelation 1-7 talks about the Lord's day, it's not talking about Sunday. It's talking about the seventh day Sabbath. The Pope is wrong. Point number two. Sunday is never called the Sabbath in the Holy Scriptures. The Sabbath is the seventh day, and no scholar disputes that plain fact. The Pope is building his castle on sinking sand. Would you please come to Luke chapter 23, and let me give you a text on this. Let me prove to you which is the Sabbath day. Luke chapter 23 and verse 54 and onwards luke 23 verse 54 and onwards dear hearts and gentle people luke 23 verse 54 and onwards it talks about the day when jesus died it says it was the preparation day that was friday And the sabbath was about to begin so the sabbath comes after friday after the crucifixion day the women who had come with jesus from galilee followed joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes but they rested on the sabbath in obedience to the commandment chapter 24 verse 1 on the first day of the week very early in the morning the women took the spices which they had prepared and went to the tomb they found the stone rolled away from the tomb because glory hallelujah jesus was alive Now listen very carefully i come over here to the blackboard this is as plain as day the bible says that jesus died on the preparation day why is it called the preparation day because this is the day when you prepare for the holy sabbath And the Bible says that the day that came after the preparation day, this day right here, the Bible says it is the Sabbath. It is the Sabbath of the holy commandments of God. This is not my teaching. It is the teaching of the Word of God. And then the Bible says, On the first day of the week they came to the tomb, but Jesus had been raised from the dead. This day, my friend, is the sixth day, and this day is the seventh day. That's the day Jesus kept. That's the day the apostles kept. That is the day that God tells you to keep. You say, I don't care about this. God cares. It is a part of the holy law of God. And the Bible tells us that the holy Sabbath day is the day before Sunday. This is not the Lord's day. It is the day of man. It is the Pope's Day. It is the day of the church, but this is the day of the commandments of God. If I'm wrong, show me from the Scriptures. You can get a $100,000 if you can show from Scripture and Scripture alone that this day is the Lord's day. This is the Lord's day this is the word of god what is more my friend jesus now listen carefully to those of you here who are maybe antinomians you're saying much ado about nothing i don't care i've got news for you you may not care but god does you may you may say i don't care what's right or wrong in this world god does You may say, I don't care about this old Sabbath, this Jewish Sabbath. My friend, Jesus was a Jew. So was the Blessed Virgin Mary. All the disciples were Jews. The Bible was given to us by the Jews. Don't knock the Jews. But the Sabbath precedes, our friends, the Jews, because the Sabbath was given in the Garden of Eden thousands of years before the Jews. And you may say... I don't care. But Jesus cares. Jesus, our Lord, risked his life and his mission to show the importance of the Sabbath. Time after time, Jesus performed miracles on the Sabbath day. He lifted people, my friend, up from sickness and disease, and he did it on the Sabbath. And he said, the Sabbath was made for man. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath day. Jesus, my friend, lifted the Sabbath out of tradition and the burdens of a man-made religion. And after Jesus showed the people how they ought to keep the Sabbath, the religious leaders of his day were so incensed against our Lord that they went out to put him to death. Jesus, you can read this in my answer to the Pope. I quote the passages in the Bible where they were filled with fury because of our Lord's upholding the Sabbath. By the grace of God I want to take my stand with the Lord Jesus today and uphold the truth. You may say to me but you're in the minority, who cares? What majority are you talking about? You're talking about the majority of the world. I've got all heaven on my side. Let me tell you something. Give me this Bible. I've got the Bible on my side. I've got all the prophets on my side. They were all Sabbath keepers. I've got all all the prophets on my side, all the apostles, all the saints of God on my side. They were all Sabbath keepers. You've got Sunday on your side and you've got tradition on your side. You've got nothing else. Nothing else. And I want to tell you folks something. If I had nobody else in the world on my side than Jesus, then I would be in the majority. Because one person with Jesus is more than the world. Hear what I'm telling you? Jesus risked his life to show how the Sabbath ought to be kept. Don't you go out of this meeting and say, who cares? Don't blaspheme the name of God. God cares. Sunday was never kept by the apostles to commemorate the resurrection. Sunday was never kept by the apostles to commemorate the resurrection. The Pope's wrong again. The ordinance of baptism commemorates the resurrection not sunday that's taught in romans 6 4 and 5. there is no reference to sunday keeping by the apostles the only authority for the keeping of sunday is found in the writings of the church fathers and they certainly are not our authority we beg your pardon we stand on the bible and the bible alone the position taken by jesus and the apostles. The Apostle Paul said, 2 Timothy, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for teaching, for all of those things, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped. I believe, my friend, listen to me, in the Bible and the Bible alone. If you can't prove it from the Bible, then you're wrong. There's no reference In the Bible, in the New Testament, that the apostles kept Sunday in honor of the resurrection. Point number four in my notes. You can get this by writing to me, John Carter, Post Office Box, 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. If you want my answer to the Pope, then I'll send it to you. Write to me, John Carter. Post office box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. I will give it to you, my answer to the Pope. My fourth point and my answer is this. Sunday keeping is an invention of the church that forsook the truth. History records and uh, the Pope agrees. He's written it down here in his encyclical. The Pope agrees sunday keeping is an invention of the church more specifically his church the apostate church also invented penance purgatory indulgences eternal torment righteousness by works the mass the confessional the bodily ascension of mary into heaven the intercession of saints relics and the adoration of images. Now, I want you to come over now to Daniel 7:25 and see what it says about it. Would you please come over here to Daniel, chapter seven, verse 25? I'm so glad today that I've got a Bible-believing audience. Thank God for this church. Daniel 7 and verse 25. The Bible talks here about the great church that turned away from the truth. Verse 25 says, he will speak against the Most High and oppress his saints and try to change the set times and laws. The saints will be handed over to him for a time, times and half a time. Listen carefully. Listen, I want to talk to this camera. I want to talk to you through this camera. The Bible says that on the ruins of the Roman Empire would come another king. That king would become joined to the state. That king would get tremendous power and tremendous influence. And that kingdom would embrace the then known world. And that kingdom would become a persecutor of innocent people. That's the dark ages. The Bible says that church would change that part of the law of God that talks about the sacred times. And the only part of the law of God that talks about the sacred times, my beloved friend, is the Sabbath commandment. The Roman church has said not once, I can give you these quotations. Over and over again, the great church has said, the Church of Rome has said, yes. Of course we change the day from the seventh to the first day of the week. That change is the mark of our authority. I have those writings of the Church of Rome in my library. I have seen them. I know it is true. The Pope's not admitting it now because he wants to be ecumenical. But hundreds of years after our Lord Jesus Christ... The church in Rome changed the Sabbath from the seventh day to the first day of the week. The Pope partially admits it. He says the church did it. The Pope is right. Sunday keeping is a part of the apostasy from the truth. Listen. Listen. We, point five, we, including the Pope, are commanded to keep holy the seventh day Sabbath. The Pope, whom I love and respect, preaches that we should keep the Ten Commandments. I've heard him say so. But every week the Pope breaks the Fourth Commandment and he encourages others to do so. The Pope, like every other human, is not above the law. The Pope will be judged by the holy law of Almighty God. Who is this man to put himself above God? Come to the law. Exodus 20. I don't think anybody's saying now it doesn't matter. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And uh, I want you to notice verse 1. God spoke all these words. Come down to verse 8. This is the fourth commandment. The Pope calls it the third. Verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work Neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the seas, and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. My friend, I come to the blackboard. Look here, please. In the name of truth, in the name of God. This is the day that God has blessed this is the day that is the Lord's day. I'm told in the book of James chapter 2 that when the human race comes and stands in the presence of God in the last days, listen, they're going to be judged by the law of God. The Bible talks About the law of liberty it says so do and so speak as those that are going to be judged by the law of liberty. The Bible, Jesus in Matthew 7 condemns religious leaders who talk piety while breaking the commandments of God. And the Bible says that in the judgment, God is going to turn to religious leaders who have talked religion and talked piety and claim to be the servants of God but have broken the law of God. And he is going to say, out of my presence, I never knew you. They are not my words. They are the words of Holy Scripture. Point number six, a dreadful curse is pronounced upon those who attempt to change God's word. The Pope ought to quake in his shoes because he is both adding to and subtracting from God's commandments. Come to Deuteronomy chapter 4. Deuteronomy, and you can get my answer to the Pope by writing to me. Don't argue with me. Just give it to me from the Bible. Don't write me a letter and say, I don't know. I don't like what you're saying. It goes against my beliefs. I am not interested, my friend, in that. I am interested in the truth of God. Write to me, and I will send you my answer to the Pope. John Carter, Post Office Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. I will send you my answer to the Pope. It is God's answer because I'm taking it out of the Bible. Deuteronomy 4, verse 1 and 2. Hear now, O Israel, the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, is giving you. Do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, but keep the commands of the Lord your God that I give you. God says, don't add to my word. Don't take from my word. Listen to this. In Revelation chapter 22 jesus says if you add to my word i'm going to add to you the plagues that are written in this book jesus says if you take away from my word I'm going to take your name out of the book of life. God says don't add to it, don't take away from it. Sunday keeping, my friend, takes away from God's word. It adds to God's word. And God says there is a curse upon those who willingly take from God's word. I would not want to be a religious leader and to be taking from God's word. Now point number seven, here it is. A beautiful blessing is pronounced upon those who keep God's commandments. History records that the wonderful blessing of God is poured upon his people when they faithfully obey his commandments. I want you to take your Bible now and come with me to the book of Isaiah. Please come over here. Oh, what a beautiful, wonderful text this is. Come over here to Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 2 in the Holy Word of God. And remember, this is our authority today, not the teachings of the church, not the teachings of my church, but the teachings of the Bible, not the teachings of your church, not the teachings of the Pope, the teachings of the Bible. Isaiah chapter 56 verse 2, the Bible says, Isaiah, have you got it? Chapter 56 and verse 2. The Bible says, blessed is the man who does this, the man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. God says, I'll bless you. Come to Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13 and 14. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day. If you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable. That's the Lord's day. And if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words. Then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God says... You want to be blessed? God says, follow Jesus and keep my commandments. The happiest people in this world are the people who love Jesus Christ and who keep his commandments and who keep the holy seventh-day Sabbath. I want to appeal to you today my friend, not to follow the teachings of men, not to follow the teachings of church councils, not to follow my teachings, but to follow Christ and to keep the commandments of God. Amen and amen. And as is written in the scriptures, the prophet said, as for me and my house we will serve the Lord and be obedient. I want to appeal to every person in this church. Look at me carefully. Look at me closely. I want to appeal plainly, simply. I've given you the evidence. I look you in the eye and tell you this god is going to judge us according to this truth that we've heard here today the only way that you can be saved is by grace alone through faith alone we are saved by what christ did for us on the cross not by our works Do you get this i preach it over and over and over again now listen to this when a person is saved by grace through faith alone through faith alone He will give evidence by keeping God's commandments. When a person says he's saved by grace and willingly breaks the commandments of God, he is not in grace but in disgrace. And my appeal to you today is this. Come into the grace of God. Give your life to Christ. Get under the blood of Christ. Become a true believer in Christ. Not a person, my friend, who goes with the crowd, but a person who stands for Christ and truth and righteousness. My appeal to you is this: follow Christ and keep holy by the grace of the a loving God the Sabbath, which points us to the completed work of Christ, because. God finished the work, and he says, now you enter into my rest. If you don't go to church on the Sabbath, I'm talking to you sitting out here in my audience. If you're the sort of person who don't, you don't keep the Sabbath, you've got a slack sort of religion, you've got such a laid-back religion that most of the time you're laid out, you don't go to church, you don't pay your tithe, you don't keep God's commandments, you just don't do anything then, my friend, you ought to question whether you're in grace or not. When a person is in grace, he will so love God that he'll do anything that Christ asks him to do. Don't come to me and say, oh, I'm going to pray about this, Pastor Carter. I've heard it now. I'm going to go home and pray about it. Don't blaspheme the name of God. If God tells you to do something, don't pray whether you're going to do it or not. Say to God, by your grace, I'm going to do it now Lord I'm going to ask you to help me to do it and today I'm going to make this appeal now this is a plain simple appeal you don't have to think that it's going to be um, difficult to understand here it is it's as plain as this I want the people in this church and don't stand unless you can do it I want to get you saved you know who your biggest enemy is no besides yourself there's somebody who's a bigger enemy than yourself somebody said ourselves no no false religious leaders because they'll smooth you to get your money out of you and lead you to hell and they'll never tell you the truth they're not concerned about getting you to heaven they're concerned about their next motor car the worst person in the world the biggest enemy is the person who is a false religious leader and lies to the people Today we're telling you the truth. If you want to get to heaven, you must give your life to Christ unreservedly. You must accept his completed atonement for you on the cross. You must say, Christ, I accept you as my personal savior. In this church, we do not believe that people are saved when they're born. We believe that people are saved when they're born again. We do not believe that we're born with a knowledge of the gospel. We believe we're born with a knowledge of sin. We believe The coming to Christ is a supernatural experience where the Holy Spirit shines into our hearts and Christ is revealed and we cry out, Lord, I come, I come, I come, just as I am. So I come like the thief, I come like the beggar, I come like the leper just as I am, just as I am without one plea. But I don't go away just as I am. God changes me. And if you think you can be a Christian and just live the same old way, hating and cheating and lying and breaking God's commandments then you're getting fooled by the devil and yourself. I'm talking about coming to Christ and letting Christ come into our hearts. I'm preaching here the gospel of God's free grace, his sovereign grace, grace alone. That's the Protestant teaching. Faith alone and works are the fruitage of faith. And obedience is the fruitage of faith. And where there's no obedience is because there's no grace. You see, grace is the root and works are the fruit and if there's no fruit on the tree you better start to wonder about that old tree and Jesus said if there's no fruit on the tree I'm gonna cut it down and throw it in the fire I don't want to be a barren tree I want to be a fruitful tree I want to be a child of God under the blood of Jesus I'm a sinner I make many mistakes I stumble and I fall but I thank God that there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. And if you're a sinner today I want you to come and get under this blood and then I want you by the grace of God to get out of this Southern California mentality where we think that Christianity is, is do what you like. There's no commitment. There's very little commitment to God in Southern California. There's more religion than anywhere else in the world but the whole lot of it weighs about two grams it's like some rivers very wide in the mouth but very shallow and a lot of silt we don't want that sort of religion we want the religion that comes from God because only the religion that comes from God can take you to God and today I'm preaching about the religion that comes from God And I want us to be under the blood of Jesus, washed and cleansed and forgiven and born again. And then with the law of God in our hearts so that we're going to live for Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? If you can say amen to that and if you believe it, then stand up please. Who wants to pray for their kids today? Children who need to know Jesus and children who need to be saved. Can you raise your hand for a child today? I want to pray for your children today. Let's pray together. Oh, our Father God, we thank you today that there's a big fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilty stains. We want to get under the blood today. Wash me, wash these people, Wash away our sins. But help us to understand, Lord, that if we've hurt people, we've got to make it right. If we've stolen from people, we need to restore what we've stolen. If we've slandered people's names, we've got to go to the people to whom we've slandered and say, I didn't tell you the truth. Help us to realize that there's no fruit. It's because there's no root. And today, our Father, give us the root of salvation, which is true faith in Christ, and repentance towards God, we're sorry for our sins, wash us today. All the hands raised Lord represent young people. Children who once maybe knew you brought up in Christian homes but have wandered away from God. Touch those children today. The boys and the girls who are represented by this great audience, touch them today. And dear Lord, we want to pray too that you're going to give us the gift of commitment. Committed to Christ. A commitment that says, yes, I will keep the Sabbath. I will go to church. I will keep the true Sabbath day. I will keep the Lord's day because I love the Lord. What a great thing it is, as HMS Richard said. When you have the Lord's people in the Lord's church... On the Lord's Day, listening to the Lord's Word. Oh God, make us the Lord's people today and then we will keep the Lord's Day. So bless this great congregation. We worship you. We bless you. We praise your holy name. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.